welcome to Nonprofit Lowdown. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Rhea Wong. In this podcast, I recommend a book, tool, tip, podcast, or resource that has helped me to build a multi-million dollar nonprofit organization. I've done the research, so you don't have to. Let's get started. Hey, podcast listeners. Today, I'm with my fave guest, Emily Hicks-Rotella. She's here today. We're going to talk a little bit about something that no one really talks about, which is the spirituality of technology. Thanks to those of you who have sent in your questions. Ben in Brooklyn, we're coming for you. So we'll do that another time. But in the meantime, welcome back, Emily. Thank you so much, Ria. Always a pleasure to have you. So let's just jump into this. We're talking about spirituality and technology. Why? Why? What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's a great question. And I, I wonder if we even need to break it down first to say what is technology and what is spirituality and then put them together. And I actually don't have great answers for both of them. It's a little bit nebulous because technology is kind of any tool that you can use to help your work. And spirituality, I'm sure there's a lot of definitions, but... I think of it in terms of like the nonprofit world. Uh-huh. It's something that is, you know, driving you forward, something you feel inside, a connection to like greater purpose, oh. to mission, core values, the way that helps you walk through life and guides kind of your actions and decisions. For the, obviously the connection with the nonprofit, we want employees to feel engaged and dare I say spiritual about what they're doing. And since technology is a part of everything they're doing, I think we have to talk about them together. Yeah. When we first talked about this topic, I thought about spirituality in the sense of connectedness, Mm. interconnectedness, which also then led me to like the World Wide Web, which was designed to (laughs) connect the world, or Google, whose job it is to organize the world. So is Mm. that sort of what you're thinking about as well? Definitely. And certainly in response to some of the common critiques that we hear about technology of taking away that connectedness, isolating people, keeping them from having real connections with each other. And I think there's total validity to finding where any negative impacts are happening, especially to take away from connectedness in that realm of spirituality. But I see a lot of possibilities and opportunities, especially being exhibited by nonprofit use of technology to do the opposite of that, to connect people and bring people more together. Okay. This is like a very worthless topic. When you say technology being at the center of the core values of a nonprofit Mm -hmm. in an organization, what do you mean by that and how does that happen? Big topic. I don't know if it could be just that technology is one of the core values. That seems like it's separating it out from that overall feeling and culture of an organization. But if technology is sort of embedded in all the conversations and how people are working, then hopefully it's always a part of the conversation about core values and about mission. How to embed it in there, I'm not sure I have the answer to that. And I don't know if I've seen any examples that are really living this out. So if anyone knows of them, they should definitely write in so we can take take a look. But I think it is going to be partly just... How often are you talking about these things? Are you talking about your core values of the organization, like regardless of technology? Are, are those part of the conversation and all of the work you're doing? Mm-hmm. And if they are, then they should also be a part of it in the technology work you're doing. So mm-hmm. I know we've talked about kind of data entry and minimum viable data knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, really does play into just how much is technology embedded in the culture? Are we supporting 
getting people into those places. Let's talk about spirituality for yeah. a second, because I often think of spirituality as being sort of the opposite of technology. Like when I think about mm. spiritual life, I imagine like someone sitting on a mountain somewhere meditating <laughs> in a Zen temple, which seems not to be connected with, mm. with technology. And I also think when I think about the most spiritual moments of my life, it's been in nature disconnected from technology. So how do you thread that needle? Well, I think it's beautiful to be able to have, find spirituality anywhere. I'm not sure I have, I even, you know, doing enough for myself. So if you find it in nature and outside of technology, I think that's great. On the other side, since technology is used a lot in our lives. We're not, unless you are kind of a, sitting out on a mountain meditating, you're probably going to be using technology at some points when you're not out on your hike, you know, connected with nature. But why should we leave the spirituality part of that behind when we're in technology? I think that would be a shame. So if we can just keep that connection, the connection you're feeling with nature and spirituality and also with technology. Let me ask this question. I mean, I think part of any spiritual and religious tradition is rooted in a sense of ethics and morals and mm-hmm. consciousness about others. And I think of late, especially with things like data breaches mm-hmm. and you know, Russian interference in elections. <laughs> All the scaries. And, you know, data hacking. It seems like the world of technology is not being governed by the same mm-hmm. ethical standards. It, it also reminds me of a few articles I've read recently asking about is technology designed to bring out the worst in humanity, sort of mm. catering to our short attention span, like selfie type of yeah. society. Yeah. yeah. The, the constant comparison. Mm-hmm. Right. And our apps and software like Facebook and Instagram, are they just designed to further that? But there's also conversation about if they are, and we recognize that, can we actually design technology to do the opposite, to connect us, to uphold, and maybe even teach morals and values, help us live those morals and values out in our lives? And I definitely think the answer is yes, we can design technology in that way, because it's the the piece of hardware, the software, the code is nothing compared to the people making and using it. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think if we want to, we could move technology away from the negative impacts that we see it designed for and into the positive ones. Yeah, as I think about it, I mean, in some ways, I think of the, the internets as when used in the right way, it actually reinforces our oneness, right? mm-hmm. connection to other people and our interests. And then I also think about world religion and spirituality around like their conception of God mm-hmm. and God being the single source of truth, which then gets us back to our database because <laughs> that should also be the single source of truth. I don't know if I'm like there it is. metaphor too much. Not at all. Not at all. We should keep going with it <laughs> because it brings it back into like the actual practical side of it. So if we're talking spirituality, we're in the nonprofit world and we want to connect to, I don't know what we would translate into, just the greater cause. There's Mm -hmm. something above us individuals that is connecting us together. And clarity of vision, right? So if we are using all of the data properly, it should provide us a clarity of vision of purpose much in the same way that I imagine spiritual practice might do for individuals. Yeah, and tell me as a leader that if you could imagine yourself having just clarity of data vision oh all the God, day, every day, 
it's a spiritual yes. moment. Yeah, like the angels have come down. Yeah. Here you go. Here's yeah. all the data. Here's what you should do next. Like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. It, it's funny. Maybe spirituality and technology is identifying and tapping into the things that do make us happy, mm. whether it's as simple as building relationships and connecting with each other or as work related as being able to see a dashboard that you can trust and make decisions based on the things that make us happy are possibly connected to the things that make us spiritual. And if there's technology facilitating happiness in there in that way, that's great. That, that's probably what technology should be doing. Yeah. Well, it- I think happiness is one thing, but as, as you're talking, like it took me a minute to get my head around it, but I'm thinking all, also about the idea of like, what is faith if not, or what is spirituality if not faith, right? And so mm-hmm. if you can have faith in data as a source of truth mm-hmm. and as a source of power, hmm. like if I look at my database and I have faith that the data is actually accurate and I'm able to derive truth yeah. from it, even if, because like, I, I don't know, that I see that thing. It, it's more like, can this thing tell me something about the world that mm-hmm. I don't yet know or that I'm grappling with? Yeah, Ugh, so many big topics here. I love that you are using words like faith and truth when it comes to information and data. Trust, right? Trust. You, you trust that there's a process. You trust yeah. that like there is a greater good here. Yeah, and I think even just. I know we're talking about this as the topic, but the way that you're able to use those words in reference to technology shows, I think, that that there is already a kind of syntaxical relationship between spirituality and technology or how we have a relationship with technology. I don't know if I go all the way with the like metaphor of the single source of truth only because I want to step back and say something that I I typically say in a lot of like my trainings and coaching with people is that technology I generally view as pretty stupid mm-hmm. and humans as really smart. Mm-hmm. I just well, we, some human <laughs> yeah okay and some technology the there's no like database or formula or or dashboard that I think can give you truth with a capital T. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be kind of walking outside and seeing it and experiencing it. I would, as much as I am a proponent of using data and technology to its fullest for, especially for impact and mission driven work, I would also say that it can't do it alone. I don't know if that is even a question for people, but there is no technology, no algorithm, no AI that could do the kind of work nonprofits do by mm-hmm. itself and replace jobs in the, in the kinds of jobs that we have. It has to be people. And so that relationship between, but technology really helps. Mm-hmm. So the relationship between people and technology, that's where I, I start to think of it in kind of spiritual terms. If, if the, the mission of the people working on things is the kinds of missions that we know, helping people and, and making mm-hmm. a change in the world, that's so spiritual to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have seen and will advocate for the use of technology as a way to really drive that forward more efficiently, more effectively. And so that gets wrapped into the spiritual feeling around the mission, too. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing you say is that the spirituality is really about the thing that technology facilitates and allows people to do mm-hmm. versus like the, the the thing unto itself. I think so. Because if I really step back and I know having done a lot of like data work, I've seen so many times where the computer and the software make insights or decisions or like spit out information based on 
what information they have and how they're designed. And we as the humans sitting around the table look and say, okay, you know, I know why that's a little to the left of what we really need or a little, you know, a little off base from what we're really going for. We got to try to rework it. They'll, a computer will just never have the context and the ability to think in the way that we need for mission-driven work, yeah. I think, even though... Again, I feel like I'm going back and forth, like, don't use technology, but use technology. (laughs) You're the more important person, human, (laughs) but technology is a a super help. Yeah. As you talk about it, too, I'm just thinking about the zealots, like religious zealots and tech zealots, right? I I think that there's a tendency for zealots to believe that this one thing is the answer to everything. Yeah. Oh, and that's so attractive, too. Like, you have so many resource constraints and capacity constraints and... You want to do as much as you can with whatever little you have. So if someone comes and says, well, I have one thing that can really silver bullet make the difference, it's so attractive right. to want to do that. I think you're, you're bringing up a good point about needing kinds of guidelines and standards. And when you're choosing your technology and how to use it, that makes sure that that spiritual aspect and connection to mission exists. So... Don't be a tech fundamentalist. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't even know what that looks like. Just someone who kind of scoffs if you say we shouldn't use tech in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely don't. I see if that's kind of the outcome, there's a lot of places where you don't want to incorporate a crazy complex technology. I actually have an example of that. Yeah. I have a, a really good friend who is a brilliant genius in nonprofit data and analysis and uh, really enjoys using the R programming language to do that statistical analysis. And so she saw that with using R for nonprofit data, she saw a lot of transparency. People could see all of her formulas and her code and they could do whatever they wanted with it and like open source kind of way. But the response that she got back from people on her team or in her organization was kind of like, well, we don't understand R. We understand Excel. Now things feel less transparent to us because we actually don't understand what you've given us. And I thought that was a really interesting binary and need for both meeting people where they're at with technology and also helping people get to the next place if, if we can, because if like my friend really believes that R is the way to go and it is more transparent and everything, then the natural conclusion there is let's get everyone on board with R Mm -hmm. so that they can be in that better world. You're looking for converts. (laughs) Right, exactly. Or at least people who are willing to take on an additional set of beliefs to whatever they've Uh, got already, because I don't want to take anyone away from like what they're really good at. If you're a principal and you're damn good at being a principal, I want to support you in being a principal, not a tech genius slash principal. So you need to get to the level that's right for you, for your, for your school or your organization. That could be a whole conversation, you know, amongst leadership teams and the whole organization. What is that right level for everybody? I think that, you know, we've talked about tech culture before and you could almost you know, switch it out, tech spirituality, tech culture, those conversations, if they're happening more, I think you'll see more spirituality in the relationship between the tech and the people and more positive tech culture. As you're talking, I'm actually thinking about, like, I think it's best spirituality is able to strip you down your essential and, like, who are you and really allowing you to wrestle with the spirit being that you are in this flesh. And so I'm wondering if, that metaphor also goes to technology, which is like 
technology at its best allows you to see who they are and who and what your organization. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Technology and and data does. And I think that is why some people are nervous about it. And maybe that goes into the like the religious spiritual metaphor as well. People are scared to see what they really are, or some people might be. Organizations definitely can have that fear because you're you're putting your heart and soul into your work. Mm-hmm. If you find out that it's not having the impact that you want it to have, that's so tough. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we're all there to support each other through it and to keep ourselves honest, mm-hmm. like letting data keep us honest. That's a tool yeah. to keep us honest, but we would have to do the next step, right? Yeah. We either have to accept it and make change or ignore it. So tech can be like the Catholic priest at confession. And you confess <laughs> all the things and then you decide if you're going to make amends. <laughs> it's, I think it could be said like that. It could also be that that nagging guilt that every religion says they have, like mm-hmm. the Christian guilt or the Jewish guilt, like you should be doing something else. Yeah. Like, you know it, take a look over here. Yeah. Well, the other thing is I was thinking about the concept of interpretation. I want to make a distinction here between religion and spirituality, mm-hmm. which is, I think they're connected, but not the same thing. Yeah. And in the religious tradition, like classical world religious traditions, there's an aspect of interpretation, right? So whether it's the Torah or the Quran, and you're, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's interpreted individually, and then by the anointed people who are apparently, you know, given some kind of permission to say what the truth mm-hmm. is. And I think that that actually is interesting too when you think about data. Like, who are the people in your organization who have been designated as being the holder of truth right. to give to other people? And to what extent are other people actually interpreting the data for themselves, for their own use? Yeah, that's a really interesting analogy because that's, that's what you want to do with data, right? The same with, like, holy scripts, I guess. You don't want to just let them sit there mm-hmm. and do nothing. It would be better to keep engaging and learning mm-hmm. and growing along with them. It's interesting. But by that same token, you also don't want people to have different interpretations of the same data. <laughs> Which is the Unlike only the way Bible to go. Or, or whatever other spiritual text there is. I, I guess I wonder if we can see religion and holy texts as a kind of technology. It's They are tools maybe by which to help us with spirituality. Mm-hmm. Many people maybe find spirituality when they are performing religious acts or sacraments and I know I find spirituality when I use technology and I can see the connection to helping people and and making lives easier and better so I can see how you could bring up many of the same emotions if you've got the connections either to the religion technology but I have to say just on a personal level my own my own tech journey I mean I'm comfortable with technology I'm obviously a huge proponent of using Salesforce but over the last year, I actually deleted all of the social media apps off mm. of my phone because it actually was not me happy. It made mm-hmm. me less happy. It made me feel more discontented. And I think actually I feel more spiritual or more happy without the social media apps. Well, that's great. And again, it kind of goes to that relationship of humans and technology. But the tech doesn't work us. We, you can delete it. You can literally get rid of it. Addiction is real, man. Like when I, (laughs) the first week I deleted like Instagram and Facebook off my phone, I was like, I was going through serious withdrawals. I was like itchy. I was like, what is happening in the world? People are like posting things that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. And then I get slowly subsided, but 
there was like a real psychological and physical addiction. Like I was like, why, why is my phone yeah. not in my hands? Why am I not clicking things? It was real. I w- I'm curious if after you left Breakthrough, if you had any kind of something like that because you've been doing like leadership for so long that like now oh, if yeah. you're not doing it we have many many podcasts about leading <laughs> yeah I mean I it was like both a combination of sadness and like a kind of grief I would say because my identity had been that for so mm-hmm. long but also a tremendous relief because mm-hmm. you know I think being an ED is really hard and also a sense of curiosity about well, what what comes next? Like, yeah. I could literally do anything. <laughs> anything. So what are we going to do? Yeah. Talk about tech and spirituality. It sounds like anything that becomes kind of core to us and important to us and ubiquitous in our lives when if you change that or take it away, a lot of emotions are going to come up. There's going to be a lot to deal with. And I would say technology and data in its own way is core to our lives, ubiquitous in our lives. It's not something that we even, yeah, we like turn off your phone and take a hike. Great. We can do that. But it's still in the overall picture. Tech is part of our lives and just becoming more and more so. And I don't think that should be viewed as a bad thing. I think we should, we could recognize it and direct it to help us be more spiritual, make more impact and maybe specifically for the nonprofit world, just like make people feel better about the work they're doing because maybe this tech is helping them do it easier, do it quicker, have more impact that it's really challenging to work in mission driven work because you care so much, you put so much into it. Sometimes you don't see the results. You're like, especially like on the IT team, you could be four steps removed from the people you're serving. So the more that you can keep that connection going, that's what's helped me be happy in this kind of work. Yeah. And I actually think that's probably an element to, of, to go back to what you said earlier around that we use the tech and the tech doesn't use us. Mm-hmm. And that way, I think spirituality, like spirituality is intended to enhance your human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. likewise, I think tech should be about enhancing your work or human experience yeah. and not being driven by it. And so that's beautiful. I think make the tech for you <laughs> that is like, what i'm saying for you. <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's it's if you let the technology work you over or let's put it this way if you're feeling right now like technology is working you over mm-hmm. and you feel somehow less spiritual because of technology in your life let's have a chat because <laughs> yeah. i would love to figure out a way i don't think that cutting technology out and going sitting on a mountain is feasible for most people so for everyone who can't do that let's find a way to make those relationships better and bring the spirituality into all those aspects of life yeah and i also have to just remember that like the iphone is only 10 years old right so like it's crazy in the evolution of human history like, we've not had an iphone so like as humans we're not evolving that fast right and like iPhones and apps and so forth are taking advantage of our natural human tendencies to like mm-hmm. be addicted to like shiny, happy, like colorful things. Right. There's something about like the race to the bottom of the spine, like on the brainstem where something is triggered for like attention grabbing and all that. Like 
relief when you see something gratification like, yeah there's there's something about racing to that part in the brain in app design and tech oh design God, so insidious. <laughs> yeah but it, really if we're smart enough to do it that way then we're absolutely smart enough to race in a different direction towards higher values higher expectations more connectedness i love that you said that because in the yoga sorry i'm a yogi and Oh. or a yogini actually oh. for 20 years and there's this concept of shakti which is the energy that goes up the spine uh-huh. and ignites your chakras and so the highest manifestation of shakti is it comes out of the top of your head yes so i like it life force shakti up the brain not in the base of the brain hijacking mm-hmm. your attention <laughs> right right so maybe there's a uh, more to be said about like Practically, how do I we identify when that's happening? Like, I think you maybe you got pushed to a limit with social media, and then you had to, you know, turn it yeah, off. I just felt like awful most of the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is like I'm not paying my phone bill to feel yeah. awful about myself. Actually, <laughs> I didn't like buy a stupid phone. <laughs> to feel bad yeah that's great there yes there needs to be a focus on recognizing where technology is not working for us and could be hurting us making us angry and maybe before we even get there you know if there's stages or signs that we can kind of point to say you know i'm gonna need to make a pivot in this tech because i want to be happier i want to do my work a different way I mean, it, like, it really made me feel soulless. Like, I would find myself, like, reaching for my phone first thing in the morning and checking Instagram, mm-hmm. and I just felt like a zombie. I'm like, why am I, like, do I really need to check Instagram <laughs> on my way to the bathroom yeah. and brush my teeth in the morning? No, I do not. Like, literally nothing has happened in the world that is mm-hmm. that important. We need to talk to like social media managers at nonprofits, because if their job is to use those same technologies that were kind of turning you off, but for mission driven work, Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to hear their relationship to that technology and and see what it's like. All right. Well, Emily, this is always, as always, super fun. Those of you listening, please send in your questions. Ben from Brooklyn, we're going to get to you next. Ria Wong at gmail.com. We'll be happy to take any of your tech questions for the next time. Thanks so much, Emily. Thank you, Ria. Bye.